What do you want to talk about? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about keeping cool under conflict. Uh, I'm Kari Kohal, your host. Been in business like for 16 years now, but I've always loved it. I have a bachelor's in business and I'm so close to a master's in business. Graduate in December and I cannot wait. You know what? I'm not, I like when I started my MBA, I was super excited to get like the MBA after my name. And now I'm just excited not to be in school. Like it's like to dwindle down to just like Angela has a master's in science and sustainability. Yes. Um, and then your undergraduate was in pre-law. Pre-law, political science and environmental studies. Yes. Um, she's an overachiever. Absolutely. <laughs> it's I her think... toxic trait. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. But it is. welcome to Real Talk Business <laughs> Conversations. Angela and I started this podcast. Um we are women in business, specifically in the insurance industry. However, when we were looking for podcasts to help specifically women in business navigate, you know, like major business trends, like quiet quitting or what to do in the workplace, everything was kind of male dominated and we couldn't really find a resource or a podcast that gives us actionable things of what to do to help women in the workplace, in business, so that they can start leverage, building their skills to leverage for more of their career success, whatever that looks like for them. So we started Real Talk Business Conversations as a way to just chat about it because we caught ourselves chatting about it. Yeah. About things like, hey, what do we do about quiet quitting? So Angela is a director of internal operations. That's her day job. Not this podcast. This is not your day nope. job. But um, director of operations and she runs a 501c3. And uh, my technical title is president of a company. So I oversee macro level things and then also have a coaching and consulting business for women in business to help support them in their journey of finding career success. Today, something that comes up in the workplace all the time, even if you work remote or in office, is conflict. Yes. Anytime that you work with a bunch of people, you're going to get conflict because everybody has different like values, things that make someone upset isn't going to make someone else upset because we're all different. Right. We're all different people. Um, so we're going to talk about how to keep cool under conflict and best practices to take on workplace confrontation. And we're just going to keep it like we do in all of our episodes, straight to the point, give you guys actionable things to apply in your career and life right away. So our goal is to give you things that you can put into your daily life right away. Right. And at any position, it wouldn't matter if you are running the show, a manager, administrative, behind the scenes, all of this is applicable and applicable. Right. And Angela and I, funny, we started in what used to be a cleaning closet and the company got rid of all the cleaning supplies, went to Home Depot, bought scratch and dent linoleum countertops, installed them. And that is where Angela and I, we shared a cleaning closet. She had one portion of the countertop and I had the other portion. And we grew our career from there. So 16 years later, I became the president of our company and Angela is our director of operations. And we did that um, 
it took a lot of work, a lot of blood, sweat, and tears. Yeah, a lot of sweat equity is what I call it. (laughs) Yes. And grit. And grit, yeah. So, Angela, what would you say conflict is? Okay, so a conflict, obviously, is two parties not being able to come to a resolution. And what that means is that each individual party is holding um, a strong opinion about something, and they are feeling really passionate about it. And then it's like something that means a lot to that person. And so that is a conflict where there is just, you know, when they're saying like, like drawing a, la- a line in the sand kind of part, that person is just holding their stance on this um, strong feeling, a strong, passionate opinion. And then it just means a lot to them. Yeah. And it's just boiling up. And then it just turns into like this, like, I think the best word I were, you can't see us cause we haven't, we're going to start videoing our podcast by the way. So keep in mind or like keep that in mind because we might be starting a YouTube channel to upload them on there so that you guys can feel more a part of this conversation because that's the whole point of this podcast is for you guys to feel part of the conversation. But um, where was I going with that? I was so excited to plug our Oh yeah, that the YouTube's coming in. But like uh, the conflict, exactly like what's involved what's involved in a conflict. Yeah. It's really that emotion. It's like you just, you have someone that's just feeling like disrespected, which is an emotion, angry, which is an emotion, you know, it's just like that really high tense intensity. And that closely resembles a crucial conversation. Right. Which is kind of part B of a conflict is you're going to have to talk about it. Right. You have to have a crucial conversation to resolve a conflict. Right. No matter what in business, in personal life, because conflicts, I think always boil down to a big misunderstanding. And it depends on going back to the crucial conversation part. That misunderstanding can be one of those three major things. That's And so a crucial conversation is... Um, A crucial Mm -hmm. conversation is similar to like what Angela was talking about. It's high emotions. There's a lot of emotion going on. Um, It really means something to one of the people in the conversation, you know, probably the one that's having the conflict that's blowing up because they're just so angry or they're at their wits end that they're coming to you about it. Um, so it means a lot other, there's a book it's called crucial conversations by Patterson, Granny, McMillan and Switzler. And, uh, it's called crucial conversations, tools for talking when stakes are high. So if you want more information about this, actually my first class of my MBA was for us to read this book. And yes. so that is how crucial this book is <laughs> in business. So if you want more information about crucial conversations and that sort of thing, this is a really good book for that. And in this book, they call it high stakes 
but I call it, it's really meaningful to that person. It means a lot. Even if it's like a personal meaning, whatever it is, it might be a reflection of their brand and you're disrupting that by doing something that you didn't know that you were doing high stakes. And then opposing opinions is also what they talk about in the book. But I would say opposing opinions is almost like a disagreement. Like you think you are doing things right. This person thinks it should be one way. You think it should be one way. And that's kind of an opposing opinion or a disagreement. So you kind of have to have those things, which is closely resembling a conflict And what do you do in those? Because that high emotion, like I know for me, because I don't really love conflict and I don't really like to talk about conflict. If I could run to the hills, I would. I would just run away. Like I can feel it in my body that I just want to run or get out of it as quick as I can, which I know is not healthy. So I actually had to practice conflict resolution And your body will start to like tingle when you're in this, like, like when someone's like sitting there yelling at you, you're not feeling great about it. You know, your body's tingling, your eyes might glaze over because of that, like high emotion. So I think when you're in that on how to keep cool, because I think our default response is to defend ourselves, right? And it doesn't mean you can't defend yourself in a conflict, but I think uh, to start with like the keeping cool, I think it's the first step in conflict resolution is opening the door for discussion, Um, whether that means I'm a big proponent of talking to the source first right away. So (gasps) in a work environment, go not confront because confront can mean really like, oh, whoa, like don't come in hot. Right? Because imagine I always use this when someone says calm down. Does that actually work when you're in a heightened state of like fight or flight? Never. So I think um, assess when it's a good time to do that. And uh, so keeping cool is confronting or talking to that person head on. And the part of keeping cool, bringing it full circle from what Kari was saying, is that you have to listen. And that is a a skill. Listen to hear, not listen to respond. Oh, active listening. Active listening. Yes, I love it. I think you have to, there's like two points when you get into that conflict. So Angela's talking about like actually going and talking to that person during conflict. My perspective, both are perfect, are um, someone's coming to you yelling at you and you had no idea it's caught catching you off guard I think both are applicable both are they both happen all the time in business I think you have to split it out between like mentally what you can do and physically what you can do because those two play a part in there you know it's not just a verbal thing like you do have physical reactions to these things too so I will always make references to um, pulp culture and one of them we just saw the movie Elemental and it is about a young character named Ember who is fire and her father gave her this great she has a temper problem she gets very heated Ooh, like fire yeah and I think this then applies to with the keeping keeping cool under conflict is that her father told her to um, remain cool and make a connection so the remaining cool yes is even if someone comes in at you hot 
like elemental like fire yeah that like taking those uh steps which you need to do to like center and be able to hear someone and active listening and then the making the connection is hearing what they're saying so and I think the second part of that is that it's not meaning you have to like agree with what they're saying you just have to hear what they're saying right and that's so the physical side that you were talking about like give yourself breaks um if you need them like put it on pause if you're feeling like elevated and you can't actively listen because your physical side of you like that tense the eye glazing those things that I were that I was talking about earlier if those are creeping up where it's inhibiting you to be able to actively listen then you can put it on pause be like hey let me think about that you know, you know what? You bring up some pretty good points. Let me, let me, let me digest it and I'll get back to you. You know, that's a good thing to do. You can do the breathing exercises of the four, seven, eight. You use that in anxiety a lot. I've used that a ton in anxiety, which works. Um, it's you breathe in for four seconds, you hold it for seven seconds, and then you breathe out for eight seconds. And the whole reason for it is it focuses your breath. It fo- your mind focuses on your breathing more than defense and attack. Oh. So you change the shift of your mind and it gives you that pause, the cool down Yes, to stay cool. And then I think physically, Tell them that you hear them. If, if, if you don't think it's going anywhere and you're feeling like it's not going to be productive and you just can't get in the right mindset for it, just tell them you hear them. You're going to digest on it and set up another time to talk. Right. Set the expectation and follow through on that for yeah. sure. Because the last thing you want is being either you yourself <gasps> is heightened yeah, or someone has come to you very right. heightened. And you don't want to be dismissive. High emotion, high stakes, high all of that. You don't right. want to be dismissive. But um, the setting an expectation is like bringing it full circle. Kari said, I hear you. You have good points. Let me digest it. Let's follow up on Monday. Let's follow up on Tuesday. And then, like you said, actually follow up. You have to follow through. Because if you do not follow through on that message or on that next one, it comes off as dismissive. Correct. And that's the last thing any of us want to feel. And then the conflict is actually going to get even more worse (laughs) because you just showed that you disrespect them or that their problem isn't important to you. Yeah. Um, And then you just added fuel to that conflict fire. Right. And And now you have a bonfire instead of a campfire. Right. And yes. And so that there are, as you can see, this is a very like, this is a tightrope situation on how to handle conflict and how to actually um, follow through on a true crucial conversation that in the end you want resolution. Right. So we talked about the physical side. Let's talk about the mental side of what you can do in a conflict. Right. You have to get in the right mindset. If you are not in the right mindset, you are not going to keep cool. Like no. newsflash. 
this whole thing is about, you know, like keeping cool under conflict. If you do not get in the right mindset, you are not going to stay cool. I think what's helpful with that is the mental part. I think I'm going to butcher this quote because I'm terrible at it. But Robin Williams said something about you never know the internal mental battles people are facing. So always be kind. Mm. Something Mm -hmm. along those lines. Right. So in a conflict, when you're approaching it, always keep someone's situation in mind that you might not be aware of. So the mental part is the being mentally present. Right. So that's kind of the let go of control and empathy. So you don't, you can't control that situation. So the faster you can let go of control, the more cool you're going to be because, uh, and then you'll lean into the empathy of Angela's, Um, that quote of, you know, someone has an internal battle and the bad behaviors of someone else is a reflection of their internal battle, not yours. So if you don't take it on and you don't try to control their feelings and their emotions, that is going to help you a ton in keeping cool. Yes. And it will help you focus on the problem. So another thing in conflict Either you're going to go talk to someone or someone's coming to talk to you. Those two situations, this applies in both of them, is you focus on the problem, not the feelings. Mm -hmm. Because these are going to be feelings. You have your feelings. They have their feelings. They're entitled to their feelings. You're entitled to your feelings. Even if they even try to personally attack you, let it go in this situation. You know, let it go. You can learn from it in the future to be like, mm, maybe this person's not my friend. They're attacking me right. right now personally. But focus on the problem and fixing the problem that caused the conflict. Right. Essentially, lean into your emotional intelligence, your EQ, right? Right. I think we haven't touched on one point of the accountability of the conflict. Like, all right, there is a problem. It doesn't mean someone's at fault in the conflict necessarily. Um, There are times, yes, where you need someone to take full accountability for something. But the point of that is that um, you can take accountability for a mistake, but you never have to take on an emotion. Yes. And that's a key thing too. The other one though is you really have to ask questions to understand the root cause of the conflict because the person that's feeling the conflict or feeling that emotion is not is not their logic side of the brain gone because the emotions are flooding their brain you have to ask them questions to almost help them figure out what the root cause is because they've gotten to the point of just feeling violated or disrespected that they can't even tell you what the problem is. The problem to them at this point is the feeling of disrespect, which feels like crap. Yeah. Like no matter where you are, no matter what you're doing, even if a person in the checkout line is being disrespectful to you, it doesn't feel great. It also doesn't feel great at work. You know, it just doesn't feel great. We can give them a little bit of that empathy and compassion and help guide them to figure out what is the root cause. Right. Because if you don't know and they're not going to know, I'd be shocked if someone's coming to you pissed off. I'd be shocked if they can tell you um, productively why they're mad. Right. Or what the conflict is. Shocked. I haven't seen it happen in my 16 years of business. Right. Have you? Actually, no. No, I have not. (laughs) I have not. You're right. 
And yeah. th- that might be the power of secondary um, follow-ups where it's like set the expectation. Yes. And I think there's something powerful in that, in the active listening that <laughs> when they're coming to you, you're right. They have not the logic or the reason or can even identify where the problem started. And yeah, I just thought of this. They also can't even give suggestions on how to resolve the conflict. So you're just in a lose, lose, lose right? You know, until you can like help them figure out what the problem is and brains use it as like an opportunity to brainstorm how to fix it. Yeah. And you can really build good relationships that way. Absolutely. And then also it's that emotional intelligence. You get to understand how that person thrives at work. Yeah. And where they find their balance in what they're doing. Right. So, and one thing is the last thing I will say about the emotional intelligence part that Angela had to help me with yesterday because I was, I thought I was in a brainstorming conversation and that conversation turned into a crucial conversation real fast, which turned into a conflict real fast and I was like this is derailing so bad because like I went into it like this is gonna be great I get to tell this person kind of like what I'm working on and how amazing this is gonna be for the company and it's gonna be wonderful and that person thought everything that I said was absolute shit and was like it's never gonna work this sucks blah 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 and I'm like what is happening and then it turned into career advice to Kari of what she needs to be doing every day she wakes up and I'm like Oh my God, like my blood was boiling. I was like, how can they not see all the benefits in this? Like there's so many benefits and they could not see it. And I remember Angela just yesterday, she's like, know when to stop explaining yourself and when to stop because that person might not be in the right space to hear the constructive things that you need to say or what you need to say. It's not a conversation anymore. It's someone talking at you. And when you get to a point where someone is talking at you or they came in to fight, they're in battle and you were like, whoa, this was not a battle. <laughs> they're pulling up that drawbridge. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That person. So yeah, it was exactly that, that you just also, it's that active listening and it's difficult in situations, but yeah, knowing when it's just kind of time to put that on pause. Your objective, maybe how it started and your intent for how it started has gone off the rails. Oh, yeah. Also, you being aware enough to know when to stop. it. And when I mean stop, it doesn't mean don't bring it up again. It's just stop in that situation to then bring it up at a different time. Right. Or yeah, and that's exactly that's exactly what happened. And I just let that person go. They rambled. They gave me some really weird career advice. And I'm like, wow, that is not where we're at right now, but that's great. And I just like listened and they explained a situation that made no sense. And that's okay. And I just let it go. <laughs> and and then I all what I said back was I was like, okay. You know, okay, thank you. thanks. I'll think about that. Or, okay, sounds good. And then leave it at that. No rebuttal, no trying to f- defend myself, no convincing my viewpoint. I just left it at that. And that person was so happy. They yeah. were like so happy. They're like, awesome. What a great conversation. And I'm like, 
that was a shit conversation, <laughs> but awesome. That person needed it. It's bringing it full circle of where you were saying it's like sometimes the actions of others are a reflection of them and their their situation or their needs or whatever. So that conversation that happened yesterday was 100% that person needed to get it wouldn't have mattered who was walking by it happened to have been you and that was that um right yes now we haven't really touched on kind of the the bad part of things where for example we've talked on if you are in a comfortable work environment where you can go talk to someone this is not harassment this is a situation of a resolvable conflict and because I work in internal operations, I do want to say, especially for women in business, there are times where you will have to engage um, other authorities or like your HR manager or manager or whatever in situations to resolve what I'm going to say is a very toxic conflict or harassment. or harassment. But for the situation of this podcast, which I feel is kind of kind of what happens more I know I'm blanketing this this is we're giving you tools on how you can resolve this conflict in your own feel empowered and how you can apply these tools right and if you are feeling harassed or again try to get that conversation to stop as much as you can to get your power back because you cannot control that person you cannot control that that person is harassing you in that moment but you can control your reaction and what you're going to do after that harassment occurred. So try to get it to stop as fast as you can and write it down or take notes and come up with a game plan on who you need to go to, the right people to go to, um, and make choices for yourself. Maybe you need to find a new position. Yeah. Maybe you need to get out. Yes. And you, that is the only way that you get to take that power back. Never get harassed over and over and over again. Correct. Yes. You have to get out. And there is, I, I know there's a lot of fear that comes with change. And there's a lot of fear that comes with getting out or leaving a harassing or a toxic workplace a harassment you kind of feel stuck that's the way they want you to feel yes so that they can keep harassing you but there's so much power and you are so capable of doing so much more once you get out and under from like what Angela was talking about yeah unfortunately as much equality as we're starting to kind of see in the workplace for women that is wonderful but there are barriers that sometimes Unfortunately, we cannot cannot overcome. Did you see the Lizzo thing that came out? No. Oh, real bad. Really? Oh, and real bad. Like, um, so, and the reason why I bring this one up is it's not just, I know Angela didn't put a gender to the toxic and the harassment, but it's not just men. I know that there's a lot of publicity around men having toxic workplaces and harassment. Uber actually lost. 20 um shoot is it million or billion dollars in value due to a toxic workplace Ooh. because of harassment from upper management to employees but Lizzo going back to that one she perpetuated and pretty much supported a toxic work environment with her dancers on tour Oh, and it's no. real bad. Yeah. I'm not going to, I don't know everything. I didn't read the lawsuit, but it's, um, it's a class action lawsuit against her of, um, harassment 
and I think it's harassment. Yeah. Um, or possible harassment. This is what they're claiming. Um, I'm not an attorney. I need to put this disclosure out there. <laughs> um, I didn't read the case. I'm not an attorney. I'm just talking about like things that I've heard. Um, but yeah, like a toxic work culture. So it's not just is is what's being claimed. So it's not just men. It is women can create toxic work cultures. Women can create harassment as well. So do not think just because a woman is harassing you that it's okay. Right. It's also not okay. Right. I think, uh, yeah, it's a, like, again, the tightrope analogy I keep using. I think you just know in the bottom of it's a, it's um, a biological thing that you know when it's wrong. We all have been there. Like, even as children, like, yeah. you know when something's wrong. Yeah, listen to your gut. Just listen to your gut. It is, it is a powerful tool that is biologically actually explainable by science so right um yeah and then the other key takeaways I guess to wrap it up is what to how to keep cool the tools that we talked about on how to keep cool physically give yourself those breaks do the breathing exercises of breathe in for four seconds hold it for seven seconds let it go for eight seconds it trains your brain to not be so emotionally triggered to focus back onto your breath or something else physical, like mentally think of your feet on the ground or something like that. Try to get your brain or your mental space back to a good mental, a cool mental space. If you're starting to feel yourself wanting to be reactive. Uh, And then if you need time, tell them that you hear them, tell them that you're going to digest it, set up a follow-up and actually Follow through. The follow through is the most important thing because like we said, then you're actually just starting the cycle all over again. Yeah. And then let's sum up mentally. Yeah. Get in the right mindset. Get in the right mindset. Let go of control. Do your active listening. Yeah. There's asking the questions to fully understand um, and focus on the problem. You have to focus on the problem, not the feelings. Focus on the problem and then the resolution part of it. Right. And then the last one, which is so like on my brain because it happened literally yesterday. Know when to stop. I can't believe it actually worked. Like Angela was like, here's what you got to do because she could hear it. And she's like, just stop. You're not going to go anywhere with this one, Kari. Um, Just know when to stop explaining yourself and your viewpoint and stop trying to convince the other person if they're not in the right space tomorrow they might be in the right space for it correct it doesn't mean that that person's less of a person it just means they just mentally can't match you right now yeah and that's so know when to know when to stop and it doesn't mean shove it under the rug Right. Because in a conflict that is, again, the high stakes, high emotions and strong opinions, those things can never be shoved under a rug. Never. You will just start building that pile under. Yes. So this is keeping calm in conflict. But the end result is with that is having a resolution. Right. And um, they can be met. Conflicts can result in a resolution. Most times, most times. again, we always, we work in insurance. So we're giving our disclosure statement. Sometimes that resolution is finding a new position. Sometimes but it there is. There is always a resolution. You are never stuck. 
never stuck. Never ever stuck. And you are not indebted to any company ever, right? Any boss ever. Obviously, there's loyalty. And if you're happy somewhere, stay. If it's helping you feel fulfilled, stay. If you're in a healthy workplace, stay. Stay. <laughs> you know, stay. there's no point. That's a whole nother podcast episode of, um, oh my God. Have you seen people giving the advice of quitting your job every two years to get oh, more money? We should talk about oh that. Oh my God. Can we please talk about that in our next episode? We should. Because That's like so many red flags. I'm like, do not, one thing to take away from this, do mm-hmm. not do that, please. There's so much more that can go into that, but oh my God, please don't. Yeah. We'll, we'll get into that, but, um, I, I think like bringing it full circle with conflict, um, you can stay calm in conflict. You can have these crucial conversations that we talked about. We gave you the tools of what you can mentally and physically do. And last is like life is a series of choices and we all are like met with choices that we can make and the choices whether to handle that conflict head on and use these tools to do that. Right. Um, next episode is in three weeks on Wednesday, August 30th. We release episodes every three weeks on Wednesdays. So be sure to subscribe so that you can, uh, get a notification when a new episode is out, it will show up as a new notification, um, so that you can listen to it. And that's a great way to help support our podcast. Uh, our next episode is on how to make your point and communicate like a leader. So you do not have to have a title to be a leader. You do not. That's more like a management thing. I feel like is when the titles really come out, obviously leadership, um, is closely related to management, but you do not need a title to be a leader. You do not need a title to start building your leadership skills and to communicate like a leader. So you might as well start early. Um, So that is what is going to be our next episode on August 30th. Thank you again for listening. It truly means the world to us and has us so fulfilled to be able to share and help women in business feel more confident and fulfilled and happy and get their power back and empower women in business because there's a lot of opportunity and a lot of success and there's a lot of space for women in business. We just have to take it. Yep. So thank you. Thank you until next time.